Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who has the same name as me, Garrett Keith. Well, hello everyone. Isn't this weird? You're this replacing Derek this week. A little bit, a little bit. So, Derek is out with, he's out today. Couldn't make it. He's not here. Uh, me and Garrett Keith have had a couple beers, and we're going to talk wrestling. So guess what? Now you guys get to deal with me. This is, I believe we've mentioned you on the show as the other Garrett. I believe you're older than me, so I think technically you're... Well, I mean, but the, the audience is aware of original Garrett. I can be other Garrett. It's fine. It's fine. I, I, that does not bother me at all. Hey, you be who you want to be. All right. <laughs> so the reason Garrett has joined me today, uh, this all came together very, very quickly. Only like I had about a half hour notice called Garrett. He came over. We have uh, had a few beers. He's training to be a pro wrestler. We're going to talk about that. But first, Garrett, why don't you hit our goddamn music? weird for me because usually Derek talks coming out of the music <laughs> oh does he oh so you, so essentially what I'm doing is I'm breaking protocol for you is that you know when the things are happening based upon the person who is I don't know more professional than me at this <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say I don't know if either of us are very professional I just know I come in talk nonsense for several minutes <laughs> We eventually say hit our goddamn music and we come back in and Derek says things. What would Derek say here? I feel like Derek would say, hey, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, please follow us on those social medias at. No, that's at the end, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. you've listened to the yeah, show. Yeah, I've listened to the show. I mean, sometimes it happens at the beginning. Sometimes it happens at the end. Sometimes it happens at both. Well, hey, guys, you're listening. We love you. I've had a few beers. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe. Go, out, go on iTunes. Leave that five star review. Tell us what you like about the show. We will talk about anything you want. I know you're still waiting on us to talk about Marine 6, and I'm still waiting on fucking Redbox to have it so that I don't have to pay $14 to watch Marine 6. And hey, how could they get a hold of you on Twitter? Oh, at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram, at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter, at Wrestle Hangout on Facebook. Hey, Garrett. What's up? We've been talking for so long at this point. It's kind of weird just hopping in here. But <laughs> you're doing a thing right now that a lot of us as wrestling fans dream of. And that is, you're going for it. Yeah. So I have been a lifelong wrestling fan. I've loved wrestling since, I think, five years old. The first pay-per-view I ever watched was uh, WWF Royal Rumble 1991. Holy shit. And... Part of the reason I remember that so well is because at the tape store that I got it at, they had a promotion where you got a free tape when you rented that one. The free tape was the WBF, the World Bodybuilding Federation tape that they put out. 
Wait, WWF put out this video oh, yeah, the, in addition to? Yes. In adi- well, it wasn't in addition to. You got a free rental. And I, being who I am, was like, oh, man, if I get one tape, I can get two tapes. I didn't realize that one of them was just bodybuilding. <laughs> was just a bunch of guys on on a stage flexing. <laughs> How did that sit with you? Like, Because right now I'm thinking, like, this is a weird sport I can get into. It's, it's not, I mean, I would say it's as weird as watching professional bowling, but on a completely different spectrum. I would agree. I would agree that that is 100% what bodybuilding is. It's like, like, I understand the art form. I understand the function, but possibly not for me. Maybe not this thing that uh, just seemed very strange to me as a five-year-old child being like, that guy's got like rocks in his body. (laughs) I feel like if my dad walked in when I was that age watching that, that he would have been into it and probably been like, yeah, this is (laughs) like, this this is, let me explain to you what he had to do to get into this shape. Uh, So, so I would say that um, the best way to describe my childhood would be an unsupervised childhood. <laughs> so, so not a whole lot of parents walking in on me watching some weird bodybuilding tapes. Um, so but, I would have had to go to your house to watch Terminator yes, 2. Yes, exactly. We were, we were the house that uh, you come over to watch a barbed wire. <laughs> 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 So when you rented those two tapes, one made a big impact on your life and the other just kind of, uh, I think I watched probably at the time 20 minutes and I was like, why are these guys just walking out on the stage and not wrestling? I like it. You know, it's wrestling without all the show. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's, it is 100% sand show. If, if you have these large men and they're not talking shit at each other, what's the point? Right, right. (laughs) Yep, that is exactly what it was. (laughs) So Royal Rumble 91, who would have been, who who were some of the top guys in 91? So it was, uh, that is the Rumble where Sergeant Slaughter beats Ultimate Warrior for the WWF title, and Hulk Hogan wins the Rumble, but this is back when the Rumble didn't mean anything. The last three people in the uh, Rumble were Hogan, Brian Knobs from the Nasty Boys, Fuck yeah. <laughs> and Earthquake. <laughs> Ooh. So there was never a moment where you thought, I wonder who might win this. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. They really phoned that one in. It was pretty self-explanatory coming in. Oh, Hulk Hogan's in. I see that there's no one else in here who's potentially going to win this thing. My last encounter with Brian Knobs, <laughs> the title of my book, is, no, this is weird. He was at, if you, I know you're from Indiana. Did you ever go to Chicago for Riot Fest? Uh, yes, I did. I remember this would have been, I think it was the year that The Cure headlined Riot Fest. I was walking around just in the middle of the grounds. There was just a card table. It wasn't like there was a line of stands. It was just one stand. And it was Brian Knobs with some eight by tens. I don't know if that's his market. I don't know, like, like some forty ones playing in the background, Slayers playing over there. Brian Knobs not selling these eight by tens. They are not moving. Nope. 
No, I don't think those eight by tens uh, were selling. And on top of that, I don't believe that that was a riot fest sanctioned event. How the fuck do you get the card table in then? <laughs> My guess is is that whatever venue it was at. He fuck just brought it in. It was probably setting off to the side. It was like an auxiliary table. Like he stole it from catering and brought it over and just set it up and was like, this is where I'm selling eight by tens and let's, taking pictures with fans. This version of Brian Knobs, let's face it. He didn't just steal the table. He ate everything that was on top of it so <laughs> yeah, that he yeah. could take the table. <laughs> if there's no evidence, then yeah. you can just go. I just... I got to get rid of all the things on top of it so that I can sell these 8x10s. So it's 1991. Mm -hmm. The Royal Rumble is happening. Earthquake might be going over. <laughs> we don't know. At this time, who who's your favorite wrestler? Who's your guy? Who's the guy that you're, you you have to tune in for? But I guess this is your, the first show you'd seen, right? Or is oh, this? But I will say this, that it definitely informed who I was a fan of. Um. I really loved Ultimate Warrior. I don't know what it was about that stupid face paint and those stupid tassels around his arms, but I ended up being the Ultimate Warrior the next year for Halloween. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and my my mom, uh, like I said, unsupervised childhood, but very active when it came to those types of things, sewed me a suit of muscles <laughs> to be the Ultimate Warrior. It was amazing. I wish I could find pictures of it because she, she made me that. And uh, the year after that, she reused that exact same costume to make me Captain Planet. So it really <laughs> muscles is a universal child costume. <laughs> right, right, right. You, if you can make a suit of muscles, you're good for like six years. Yeah. A couple years ago, you could have <laughs> used that for the rock and Moana. <laughs> right, Throw that exactly, on right now. Exactly. But uh, yeah. So ultimate warrior. And then, um, uh, the Heart Foundation. I was a big fan of the Heart Foundation. They, I found them via the Rumble, actually. Bret Hart was the first entrant into that, that Rumble. And I was like, this is different. This is different than what I'd just seen with the, the Sergeant Slaughter uh, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior match, where there was not a lot of anything in that match. <laughs> it was mostly, uh, let's just bump into each other for a while. Derek and I have been going back and watching old WrestleManias, and there's some of those matches. <laughs> yep. There's matches where it's just dudes bumping into each other. <laughs> right. They're not, yeah, they're not doing anything that is remotely close to a move. <laughs> it's like, how did this guy become a wrestler? He was over six feet tall. <laughs> right. So, whew, drinking. Hey, and if you're wondering, I am drinking. Uh, Derek, <laughs> I sent him a text because... He, he's not feeling well. And I said, is there anything I can do for you? And he sent back, yes. Eat a cupcake, eat a cookie, fuck DDP. <laughs> and so I am currently drinking instead of eating that cupcake. I remember hearing once that drinking a beer is the equivalent of eating a sandwich calorie-wise. Uh, I've had a couple sandwiches tonight. Then <laughs> we're going to put this as a filler for, for the cupcakes. Right. And actually, at the end of this, I think I'm going to let you punish me. Hey, you know what? I'm here to do it. <laughs> I'm here to do it. Uh, I believe that I've said to you once before that you, we do have a friendship, but that doesn't change the fact that I want you to hurt. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I did wrong. I promised people a thing. I didn't follow through. 
Yes, we uh, we met at Southern Underground Pro here in Nashville, and it was weird. It was weird for weeks while I was attending. I just kept hearing people saying Garrett, and I would turn around every single time. It was never for me, which does hurt my ego <laughs> immensely. <laughs> How well, dare there be two? <laughs> well, I well I will apologize for the ego the ego attack, but um, uh, yeah, I. I it was it was so interesting to me because I had only heard I had heard about you the same time that we had a conversation. I had heard about you the week before, and they were like, "Hey, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Kevin, um, was like, hey, uh, there's a Garrett that goes to Southern Underground. He has a predetermined this predetermined podcast." And I was like, "Well, you know what? I'll check it out." So I had actually listened to podcasts directly before you and I had met and I was like oh yeah I definitely feel like I could hang out with that guy and then lo and behold the very next sup show I walked in telling Kelly I was like I'm gonna meet the other Garrett and then lo and behold cut to what six months later yeah uh, something like that sitting in the kitchen (laughs) sitting in the kitchen and I'm other Garrett It, when you moved to Nashville, would you have expected the wrestling scene here to start boom booming like it is? Uh, not at all. Like, uh, because again, I'm 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 originally from Indiana, and there's not really a big scene up there. There's a couple small promotions, but nothing crazy. Um, down here, it's it's like there's wrestling every weekend. Like, it really does feel that way sometimes. Is is that like I can drive. Chattanooga is what two hours. We can yeah. drive to Chattanooga. There's a show every Saturday night, and then we've got what tried and true, right? And then one we haven't even talked about on the show yet, which I've been intending to, which is uh, sideshow wrestling. Which I believe is it pretty much being run by the Carnies, like, or are they kind of the they're at least like the front. They're of the, the they're the they're the front of this. Um, they they are. Uh, they are putting on what I would call uh, Southern wrestling. They are doing what they can to bring back the strength of Southern wrestling. It's great. It's I mean, they're really, really working hard on it. Um, yeah, so besides her wrestling, they're just, he's booking a really good card. Like, Carrie's doing a lot of the booking. Uh, he's working with... Carrie Awful from Carrie the... Carrie from the Carnies. I'm sorry. Yeah, Carrie Awful from the Carnies. Uh, is doing a lot of the booking. And- Which, actually, some people might be more familiar with the Carnies now because I know I had some friends in Southern California go check them out at Bar Wrestling, and immediately after the show, because they had heard us talk about them on here, right. I immediately got texts from those friends saying, like, holy shit, the Carnies are fucking awesome. <laughs> they really, really are. I love those dudes so much. Uh, they're, they're working their asses off working their asses off and Megan, uh, that as they, as they say, they are the heart and soul of Tennessee wrestling. And to me, like, obviously I'll never have enough wrestling. I, even in a town like Nashville, two wrestling promotions doesn't seem that outlandish. <laughs> right. Like it seems like they're, they're now in going to be in direct competition with each other, but they are also using the same guys, but Southern underground pro, I think it's always going to have more of a punk rock feel because it's an 18 and up club that you have to go watch it in. Right. You feel like you're in a bar. They're swearing. It's right. it's uh, not PG wrestling. Right. 
Like if it's 18 and up, do whatever the fuck you right. want. <laughs> and I saw that. So Southern under or sideshow wrestling announced this show a month ago, maybe yeah. a little longer, but how it was announced is it was announced initially as they said they were going to have a show. They kind of leaked it out onto Instagram and Twitter, left it a secret, but then Cody Rhodes and Frankie Kazarian announced they were doing this cigar thing. Right. We find out it's combined. There's a cigar party with Cody Rhodes, a pizza party, and a private wrestling show. <laughs> the price tag on this was $300. And as a wrestling fan, you don't have to comment on this. This is for me just as a fan. I thought, uh-uh. <laughs> like, I just, I love Cody Rhodes. I've paid... $50 to have a photograph with him. I am not a cigar smoker. And I'm afraid that if I pay $300 to go stand in a room with strangers and try and learn to smoke a cigar, like I'm going to have to go buy cigars now and practice so that I don't look like an asshole in front of these people. But I have to also assume that these people are in the same position as me. <laughs> like, I don't know where the cigar market and the wrestling market cross. Like, how much uh, overflow uh, fandom there is on each side. I, I can't imagine it's a lot, especially for what I can only assume are nice cigars. Oh, I, I'm sure that if you're into cigars, that Cody Rhodes is putting out a fine product. And right. I don't want to knock their, their, you know, I love the entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> um, you know, maybe Damon John or uh, Mark Cuban hop in there and... <laughs> It, you know, we get something going. They didn't, they didn't buy DDP yoga, but that's not to say American Rebel Cigars isn't their next business venture. <laughs> right. Hey, I mean, but the, what I'm saying is, is the, again, like you're saying, I don't, under, I, don't, I don't see a lot of crossover market. I see that even at shows like Southern Underground, there aren't a lot of guys outside smoking cigars. I would say or close to none. zero. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you want something to market to a wrestling fan, which I think Cody is marketing a thing where he's like, you know what? This is for the fancy wrestling fan. But really, like, what we need is a guy like Earthquake that's like, I'm coming back. I'm assuming he's probably dead. Like, I think John Tenta's still alive. Is Earthquake still dead? You know what? I may have gotten his autograph in a wrestling crate, wrestle crate a few months ago. Apologies. I have had a few drinks. Uh, but, you know, if he came out and was like, I got this new Mountain Dew I want you to try. Like wrestling fans would be like, do the Dew. That's right. That's right. The moment that they get behind something that is a caffeinated sugar drink, I mean, the market's killed. Like, forget Coca-Cola, forget Pepsi. <laughs> We're only selling pro wrestling colas now. <laughs> Immediately purchased. Unless it's Rowdy Roddy Piper's bubblegum flavored soda. <laughs> right. Because it's going to sit on the shelf, but I'm not drinking that shit. <laughs> but I think, like, what... So they're like, $300 to smoke a cigar with Cody. We need to give these people something else. You also get to eat pizza with him. <laughs> Do you think that Cody eats pizza? I think he'll have a slice. Or Do you think for just for photo opportunities? He's not holding that piece of pizza <laughs> in the thing. Uh, I don't even know. Like, honestly, I feel like Kazarian's not eating that pizza. <laughs> Kazarian looks like he is very strict on his diet. Not that Cody isn't, but... Right. Do you think that Kazarian is so strict on his diet, he goes around and slaps other pieces of pizza out of other people's hands? 
Ooh. <laughs> That's a total MJF move, but I think Kazarian's character, like he's right. like he's a tough enough, like just like manly man wrestler in a time of not necessarily like manly men. <laughs> right. Like I feel like that could be considered offensive, but you know, like watch going back and watching these WrestleManias, these dudes look like fucking dudes. <laughs> like right. these are dudes that if I saw them in a bar, I'm gonna not <laughs> stand near them because we don't run in the same circle <laughs> me and ricochet might have a mutual friend <laughs> right. i was gonna say uh, uh guys from i would say the first let's call it first five wrestlemanias look like guys who ride horses drink beer <laughs> and have built parts of their own house and i have done <laughs> i have done only one of those things which is drink the beer and that's it <laughs> i honestly like as you were drinking a beer i'm like you built part of a house and i something i couldn't even fathom doing right uh, yeah building parts of houses is what first five wrestlemania wrestlers are for like that's i have to call i have to call sergeant slaughter i have to call ultimate warrior i have to call jake the snake all right which, speaking of, we're going to continue our WrestleMania talk next week. We did watch WrestleMania 3. I have a lot to say about it. It was, it was a delight. But hey, back to you. I got you here. And also, not a good interviewer. I'm, I'm more hang out and just, you know, whatever comes. But you are training to be a wrestler. And to me, this is a thing that all of us as fans have dreamed about at some point. Just some of us know that is beyond my physical limitations. And I have a feeling that like Lex Luger, somebody would be like, it's only beyond your physical limitations because it's in your head, motherfucker. And I'm like, yeah, well, my head's got a really big part of my body, like where it's, it's not allowing me to do things. When, like around what point were you like, I'm doing this? Like, this is something I want to do. So I had kind of always assumed that I wasn't going to. Like I had even had conversations with, my wife, Kelly, you've mentioned her on the show as well, uh, about how I wanted to just be involved with wrestling. Not, nothing like wrestling. I was thinking, oh, I'll, I'll announce or I'll do commentary or I'll be a manager, something. And um, she was kind of the one that kind of pushed me. She kind of said there, like, like, why wouldn't you want to follow the one dream you've had your entire life. Like I've never wanted to be in a band. I've never wanted to do any of that. Like I've never wanted to be an actor. I guess I kind of do want to be an actor though, to a certain extent, but in a different way. Um, very specific, very type specific of type of acting. Um, but she was like, you know, why wouldn't you try? And so I, and so she ended up finding out where a school was and talking to me about it and said like, Hey, Carrie runs a school. She was like, I've reached out. I've told him that, you know, you're interested. And so I ended up started texting with Carrie awful, um, crux wrestling on all social medias. Uh, and just asked him what I needed to do to try out. And he was like, come try out, see if it's for you. And I got in there and as a 33 year old man, it all hurts, but it's also the most rewarding thing I think I've ever done for myself. Uh, I spent a majority of my life, a very large man, very, very large, 300 pounds, lost a bunch of weight. And then was like, why am I losing this weight? 
Like she loved me when I was at 300 pounds. Why am I? And what I'm finding out is, is that I think that it was kind of in my head for a long time that I wanted to try. I at least wanted to have one match. Now I want all the matches. <laughs> I want to keep, I just want to finish training and get out there. So going into it, you know, you're going to do this tryout. Mm -hmm. What kind of preparation did you have to do in advance to go to this tryout? Or did you just be like this? I'm going in the way I am like this. Yeah. We're starting from here. I kind of went in the way I was like, I, there were a lot of nerves, but I went in the way I was because I wanted to know the real answer because it was the first time in my life I've ever asked wrestling if it loved me back because I've always loved wrestling. I needed to know if wrestling was like, hey, I love you too. And, and it kind of did. And I was like, okay, well, first practice went all right. Let's see how next one goes. Because I know a lot of people drop out early on. I Like me and the trombone in the fifth grade. <laughs> right, right. Like I could tell quickly it wasn't going to work out. So I, I, <laughs> you just bailed on I just shit. split. I split. I'm not going to be in a ska listen, band. We're like, better as uh, mutual friends. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will appreciate the trombone from afar. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so I went and it went well the second time and it went well the next time and the next time and the next time. And now like I'm in full swing of this of this preparation to have a match to have somewhat of a wrestling career i'm well aware of the fact that i'm 33 years old and there isn't i don't ha i have a finite amount of time comparatively to you know most of the people who are in wwe who are in their 20s but i'm still gonna give it my damnedest and keep going like you can't stop me. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where you look at guys like DDP, mm -hmm. who was one of the top guys for quite a while. And mm -hmm. he started at what, like 36? Yeah, he, he did not get his first title until 36 years old. That's, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's doable. It's just putting in the work. That's all it is. Like, just like anything else. Like, And as far as the work goes... Because, like you said, I, I imagine a lot of people have to drop out after the first time. Like, I feel like the first time is a test where they're probably just, like, putting you to it to see, like, are they going to come back after this? Right. What happens on day one? Like, you're, you're going in for the very first time. Like, what kind of shit would you expect to happen in your first day? So, uh, the thing that I found out was is that there are a lot of Hindu squats which is just a squat where you bring your arms up. Uh, there's like a lot of those. <laughs> like, I don't even remember how many I did. Like it got to a point where I feel like I stopped counting because I was like, this is never gonna end. This is just where I live now. I live in a constant and perpetual state of doing Hindu squats. Um, there is a lot of neck stretching because- A lot of tucking that a chin. A lot of tucking that chin. You gotta tuck that chin. Uh, and then the other thing is, is we did a lot of bumping and a lot of rolling on the first day. Oh, day one, you're day already one, yeah. bumping. It's not well, just like you've got a, cardio and it's, it's not just cardio. Like it, it was a lot of bumping and like I said, rolling because you got to find out if it's something that your body can even physically handle. And when we started doing that, I was like, oh, this always sucks and it does always suck until it doesn't suck anymore until like it's 
It's never not jarring. It just your body kind of acclimates. Like it, that's, it adapts. That's, it, it becomes adapts. used. It to becomes it. oh okay. This is what it's like. This is what it's like to hit the mat. How many days though do you have to be doing this before you're like this feels natural? Or are you um, still in a because what I'm still I'm still sometimes in a state where I can still take a bump wrong, and it still feels like day one. Like it it does happen occasionally. Um, you, but the only thing you can do is, is you can just move forward and go, oh, I did that wrong. I'll make sure to try to never, ever do that again. So, be- yeah. Between day one and the – how many days were – is this like a once-a-week thing that you're well, going we, to – Yes, we do it once a week right now, but that doesn't mean that it's always once a week. Okay. Once a week is the scheduled. Um, a lot of times it, it turns out to be a couple extra days because – there's the ability to get in or if there's the ability to travel to a show and get in a ring there, you know, because, you know, I'm paying dues right now. I'm setting up rings. I'm making sure that everything gets set up for the show before the show. And then the way I get paid is through experience in the ring. So I get to get in that ring that I help set up and I get to take bumps in it and I get to do roles in it. I get to learn a new you know, I learn a new hold, learn a new slam, whatever. And yeah, it's not like you have a ring at your ready. Like right, it's right, not right. like you're learning to play guitar and you can go home and practice. <laughs> right. This is something where you basically any chance you have where there's a ring, you have to take it to go be in that ring. Absolutely. I will say that for people who, uh, you know, there, there may be listeners out there that want to start trying to wrestle. Um, what I would say is, is that be available. Like if you're going to start, be available, be ready to go wherever you need to go to try to get some time in the ring. Because it, that's the unfortunate thing is, is that rings are expensive and they're not everywhere. And you can't go to like title boxing club and bump in those rings because it's not the same. It's 100% different. And so you just, just be ready, be willing to just learn everything you can. Cause that is mostly what that is a majority of what my time is spent at shows is the setting back, listening, being available and making sure that nobody has a stressful night because that's what I'm there for. I'm there to help facilitate. You're Metallica's roadie. That's exactly right. And listen, being a roadie, I was a roadie for three years. Um, Being a roadie isn't a bad thing. Like, it's a pretty fun gig. <laughs> and right now, I'm a wrestling roadie. <laughs> were you, like, touring as a roadie? Yeah, with small punk rock bands. Nothing, nothing. We'll throw some punk rock band names out there. Uh, a band called Ingsoc. Uh, a band called A Failed Escape. Um, a band called Currently Held Captive. <laughs> a band called... I'm sure there's somebody listening right now that is <laughs> like, that oh, is I like, know, oh, I know fans. this. Yeah. I know that I'm very tickled by this. They were mentioned on there. Yeah. But yeah. So I know with like, I guess in my head, I'm trying to think of it like this. Like I did stand up comedy for like three years, but with that, it's easy to find an open mic and do it. And you're basically doing it until you get good enough that people are putting you on shows where does that fall in? Like, how does that fall for a wrestler? Like, do you have, 
I don't think you're necessarily like you've hit this many months, you're ready to do it. Or is it your coach watching you being like, now you're ready. It's time. So it tends to be more your coach. Like, like one of the things that we're going over right now is running through a match so that I know these are the spots that I need to hit. Cause I can run over a match 50 times and I know I need to be here. I need to be here. I need to be here. Um, so it's kind of up to where he thinks I'm at. Like I've, I'm putting my eggs in that basket. I'm saying, you tell me when you think I'm ready, because then when he says I'm ready, boom, I'm gone. Like, okay, I'm going to have matches as far as I possibly can. I'm going to have as many as I possibly can. So yeah, it's, it's more based on where they think you're at because of course, you know, there, there's a lot going into that. You know, they have to make sure that I'm being safe because essentially I'm trading on his name or her name or whomever trained me. Um, I'm saying this person trained me to get in the ring and be safe. And if I get in that ring and I'm not safe, like that can reflect poorly on them. And I don't want, like, I, I don't you want to be a guy people can vouch for. <laughs> right, exactly. I want I want it to be okay. And for, for the amount of vouching that has already happened for me, I want it to always be okay. I want to always be as safe as I possibly can. I'm not saying here and saying accidents don't happen and that every single wrestler who's ever made a mistake is a sh- had a shitty trainer. What I'm saying is, is, that, is that I, especially I feel like when you first get in, it's about almost paying homage to your trainer. Like I want to make you proud. So that's kind of where I forgot the fucking question because I've been drinking. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, we were just talking about like where, you know, like when the first time you get to wrestle is. And I know like for you, you were just telling me, that was it over the weekend you yeah. got to make your first in ring appearance not necessarily in a wrestling role but as as a character as a, i would say a character characters i feel like that's not a negative word i don't think so i would <laughs> I, I would say there's a lot of wrestlers that you know when you hear them on a podcast like they go in and out of character like right. people people know at this right. point like we all like the same thing like this isn't a secret yeah, so I get I I have been lucky enough to travel with my trainer with my coach uh to a show in Indianapolis called Bizarro Lucha and they have been more than willing to to allow me to play a role there and it's That has to feel fucking it awesome. It feels fucking great. Like this, this much, like, you know, just four months in, right. Like regardless of whether or not you're in there having a match, they trust you enough to bring you in and they like your look enough to put you in To keep bringing me back. To keep bringing you back. Uh, The, the, the thing that I would say is, is I've never had a hundred, a hundred plus people boo me all at the same time. But wanting people to boo me, I've never had that feeling. And what I will say is it is the greatest fucking feeling in the entire world to, to be able to elicit a response from that many people at one time. 
Uh, just to get that immediate reaction. <laughs> right, it right. Just, like, like immediately they were like, fuck this guy. <laughs> you're like, I was in ring. I was in character. A little bit of blood rushed to my penis. I had to think, tone it down. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, I mean, you were on a show with some fucking names. Like, people that you watch as a fan. Yeah. How does that feel to be, like, backstage when you're around people that you respect from the fan side. <laughs> so from, so what I would say is, is that I, I would say that it took some getting used to at first, but now I've realized that all of those emotions that I have, I will just bottle them and then I will release them on the, on the car ride home <laughs> because I don't, it, I think it's super unbecoming for me to be like, oh my God, I can't believe you're here to every wrestler on the show. <laughs> it's cool. Like when you, Bizarro Lucha is one I haven't personally attended, but I see the bill for each show and they're having some pretty great indie wrestlers come through there. Yeah. On, I mean, on this last show, uh, they had Jimmy Jacobs and Nick Iggy in the main event, and then Penelope Ford was also on it. Oh, fuck yeah. In a, in a triple threat with um, Trip Cassidy had a match with Penelope Ford and Boomer Hatfield. I love Penelope so much. She's one that when I watch her, I'm just like, fuck, I want to see her be such a big star. So she, in this match, it was great um, because... She just spent the entire match hitting on Boomer Hatfield. <laughs> was like, he's, he wears like a baseball lucha mask. And it was fantastic because I'm not saying that he's not of age. <laughs> but I'm saying that if he wasn't, it would make sense based upon his body type. <laughs> and so the entire match she spent hitting on him and trying to get him involved with her. And it was, I mean... Just her ability to storytell, even at that level, was so awesome to see. It was really interesting, and I feel like, like as somebody who's just kind of starting out, like I feel like I learned something from that. Like, oh, you can kind of do whatever you want in that ring, <laughs> not not, but do whatever you want as far as selling and creating a story. As far as watching things, what are the things that you watch at this point is like game tape? Like, what is the thing that you go to to be like, this is a good thing to learn from? So as a man who is 6'3", um, it's difficult to find guys who are my height that were super into technical wrestling like I am. Like, th there's not a lot of guys that were this tall and they were like, you know what I want to do? I want to do an abdominal stretch. <laughs> like, yeah. So I watch a lot of Chris Hero from the FCW days. And then I watch a lot of Nigel McGinnis because Nigel was that guy. He was the, the, the um, technical guy that would then, in the middle of a technical move, would just chop the shit out of you or kick the shit out of you. And I loved that. Like, it's such a good wrestling style to me. That's what I love right now about Zack Sabre Jr. I feel like of the people that work the mat, he is the best one to show. And I hadn't watched New Japan in a few weeks. I had been kind of on a little New Japan break. And since the New Japan Cup started, I went and started watching a few matches. And I had a friend in town over the weekend that doesn't watch. 
So first I had on uh, Ibushi versus Naito. Great match. Great match. Like pretty typical New Japan. Like, you know, I mean, it's just, it is what you think it's going to be. It's, it's always going to be as good as, you know, you're, ne- yeah. you're never going to be disappointed by that match. When I saw those two were in a match, I'm like, this is obviously something I should watch. And New Japan, every time I take a break from it and come back. I never understood why I took a break. <laughs> right, right. But I'm like, this is clearly like... <laughs> why am I not watching this 24-7? Why, is this yeah. the, why don't I have a dedicated TV to New Japan? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't pay for an app monthly <laughs> to be able to have the privilege to watch this. But it, I think there was a spot where we kind of thought like, okay, the elite's gone. They're going to be in a, like a development phase. They're going to have to... No, they don't. Like, these motherfuckers have one of the strongest, like, top guy rosters in wrestling. <laughs> yep. It was almost like New Japan was like, we know that the inevitable is going to happen and all of these guys are going to leave. So what we need to do is we need to quietly and succinctly build our undercard because that's exactly what they did. They built it to the point where I'm like, I... I haven't watched a Zack Sabre Jr. match in one day. I need to probably sit down and watch one. Probably need to sit down and watch a Naito match. It just, they, their, their undercard was so great that now they're all... Like, it's hard to not see everybody in New Japan as a, as a main eventer. Yeah. Like, you, you can slot anybody into that upper card. Well, and even the show we went to here in Nashville, the, the No Japan Pro Wrestling <laughs> show... <laughs> <laughs> like some of the young lions, like you could see, like holy fuck, in a couple years, like <laughs> right. they must have some. I don't know what's going on in their dojo, but right. Shibata is like fucking crushing over there. <laughs> right. But uh, what I was saying is, I had I had that match on first, and she was kind of just here letting it happen to her. Like I had to watch it regardless, so <laughs> right. she was here. And I next after that, I put on Evil versus Zack Saber Junior. Oh yeah, and. I was surprised when I put it on. I thought like she might think this one's boring because he's going to be rolling around on the ground. But when you see like wrestling Gumby going up against <laughs> a guy shaped like a fire hydrant, <laughs> like and twisting him into pretzels, right. it's still as fucking entertaining. Especially when it's like, oh, he twisted him around. He's been on the ground a long time, but he stood up and kicked his fucking head <laughs> off when he was that's done. Right. That's yeah. That's what I love about that. This new like kind of like. I mean, like we've even talked about, you've been watching the first couple WrestleManias and I was, you know, first thing I ever watched was Royal Rumble 91. Like the transition from thinking about what those shows look like to what a New Japan show where it's evil versus Zack Sabre Jr. looks like. You're just like, I don't, those don't connect at all. There's no like connective. The only connective tissue is three ropes and a ring. Like, yeah. Cause the matches look vastly different. It's oh, man. Wrestling's I, awesome. It, it <laughs> is. It's just, I love that there can be a guy like Zack Sabre jr. Doesn't look anything like the other guys on there. Like yep. looks like he has 0% body fat because he's just a small man, like just a <laughs> right. thin skinny man. Right. But everything he does looks like it sucks to have <laughs> happened to you. Yep. Like, I, yeah. I've never seen a move that Zack Sabre jr. Has put on and been like, Oh, I could probably take that. <laughs> like, no. as a man who's training, I don't know that I would want to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. because I think it would suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, when he does, like, a European uppercut or a chop or a kick, you're like, 
that looks like that sucks to take. <laughs> and then when they're on the ground, you're like, I know for a fact I don't bend this way. <laughs> right. Right. I can look at the person he's wrestling and put myself in a similar position and know that even when I'm not completely in that position, I'm already in fucking pain. <laughs> <laughs> like that ruined my week watching it. <laughs> right. But okay, so you've been watching Nigel McGinnis and Chris Hero. Chris Hero, fucking master. I mean, yeah. honestly, the first time I ever saw Chris Hero wrestle was Chris Hero versus Zack Sabre Jr. Ooh. And I saw that in person. Ooh. That was the first time I had actually gotten to That's sit down. That's a rad match. Fuck. Like, eh. when you, and especially like going in and like I knew who Chris Hero was, Zack was brand new to me. You look at that and you're like, well, none of this makes sense. <laughs> and then as it's happening, it completely makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But okay, what about now? I know current product, there's so much of it. You're training. Is it still enjoyable? Like, is it the same as it was before you started? It is. Wrestling is still very enjoyable. Wrestling is not the same since I've started. Wrestling is not the same based upon the fact that I'm now getting to get out there and do it. I'm getting to do those things that I've spent 20 plus years watching and getting to try to tweak and try to, try to finite what, how I do it, how, what my style looks like versus what, you know, Zack Sabre Jr.'s or what even Chris Hero or Nigel McGuinness or, or, uh, Craig Mitchell looks like. <laughs> Thank you for giving Craig some love on here. We we love Craig Mitchell on this podcast. Yeah, nothing but Craig Mitchell love. Hashtag Craig Mitchell love. Craig love. <laughs> Craig love. It's it's one of those things where I still will sit down and watch wrestling. I I mean I'm always gonna be a fan. I've never I, I don't see ever not being a fan. You know I I can take breaks. I think that you and I's breaks kind of line up of when I kind of took a break from wrestling because it just wasn't for me anymore. And, and at the time I wanted to be cool and wrestling wasn't cool. No. And you wanted to try and have sex with girls. <laughs> right. I enjoyed sex with women. And then I was like, I don't think that's going to happen if I continue to talk about Batista and John Cena, <laughs> which I, you know, maybe I secretly did down in my heart, right, but right. It, you know, it disappeared. I forgot about it. Right. But, we and, all came back. Yeah, exactly. And then, but like, that's the thing is, is that I, w when I took that break, I, you know, I was, oh, it was just a passing phase. And then roll around 2011 and everybody starts talking to me about the CM Punk pipe bomb. And I'm like, oh, there's a guy who kind of looks like me wrestling for the WWE in the main event. I'm. 100% in because you I'd never seen anybody like that before. And so then, you know, I can't, I'll never stop watching. I might stop watching certain products, but I'll never stop watching. And even products that I think I'm done with always find a way to get me back. It's always a cycle. There's always can be a guy right. that get or girl that gets me to come back to that product. So like, me and you have talked about before that the NXT resurgence that happened um, where like 
when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and I'm trying to think who else was there at that time. Shit, all their big guys. You mean right. like, are you talking like when all these dudes left and yeah, moved and they to w- the- went to WWE? There was that like I wouldn't call it the Dark Ages, but there was a Dark Ages for NXT. It was unfortunate they just didn't have anybody. There's nobody there. Like uh, it's funny that a rebuild on certain promotions feels like the end of the world. Right. It's well, like, oh, well, that's over. Like, like where, for instance, right now with Ring of Honor and New Japan, uh-huh. in my head, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega being gone is a huge deal. Right. But then, you know, like I, I ended up, I had to get rid of my tickets to Madison Square Garden. It just wasn't going to work out. But when I see a match that they put for the junior heavyweight title, <laughs> when I'm like, I am already sad I'm not in this building. <laughs> right, right, when it's right. Ishimori, Dragon Lee, Bandito. Right. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got rid of my tickets too early. <laughs> but no, it's, yeah, you, you, think, you think that it's dead, and then all of a sudden it turns into better than what you could have ever imagined it was with the guys that were just there. Like, WWE even has that ability. Like, with the talent that they have right now, it's unbelievable that there are times that I'm like, nah, it's cool. I'll just watch this week in WWE on the WWE yeah. Network. Like, like I can catch up in five minutes. Yeah, I can catch up in five minutes. Because it's it just it, that's insane to me that, that that is, with the amount of talent they have, that that's how it is right now. But eventually, it's not going to be that way. Eventually, they're, you know, especially with what seems like pretty steep competition coming at them directly at them. I think they're going to have to step it up, especially with this Fox deal. Well, and did I read a thing the other day that said Fox is already asking WWE to try and go racier with their product to compete. And you know, that has to be like having a major company tell them you need to like, right. Yeah, they don't necessarily need to be doing like TNA and like just swearing all the time, but right. something a little a little more than what you got. Well, it seems like it seems like they kind of have. I don't know, like have but with the producers that they've kind of brought on now, like Bruce Pritchard's back, uh, Jeff Jarrett's back, or I guess here. I don't know how he's there. He's there. he's over he's, there. He's, he's he's over there. You think he's still wearing that outfit? The one that the 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 one <laughs> the that my stripper. wife thought he was too sexy in. Uh, it was weird to hear Double J be referred to as that like sexual of a being from my wife. Uh, like I mean, she wasn't around for choke on this slap nut, so she doesn't right. know about all the right. all that. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, is it a good thing though to go back to these guys, or like should we be bringing I, in new? Well, they also brought in. Uh, I don't know what Abyss's real name is, but Abyss is now a producer there, and Sanjay Dutt is now a producer there, who were for TNA for years. I feel like I don't really know. I don't keep up with. TNA. I don't know what. Let's be honest. <laughs> Every time I praise TNA, they find a way to make me regret the praise I gave them. <laughs> they go when I'm like, "This is the pre- shit." They go, this- do, you, do you hang your hat on that statement? And you go. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> well, like they come, in, they have what Slammiversary, fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. One of the best pay per views of last year, or like one right. that I just enjoyed everything I watched. They come here for their show in Nashville. It's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. They signed a Pioneer Network or whatever the fuck, <laughs> and like 
now they're just a company that's hoarding guys that I wish were elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> they are a pro wrestler um, storage unit. That's what they are. <laughs> so we're stick a guy for a while until the WWE is ready for him or AEW. Yeah, you just have to hope you can trick a guy into signing a long enough contract that they'll stick around. Right. If only impact had gotten joey ryan and he didn't sign into like a thousand year deal with <laughs> with fucking lucha underground i feel like he's gonna be with lucha underground for fucking ever like <laughs> honestly i get where he came from where he's like i'm the dick guy no one is gonna <laughs> no one's gonna sign the dick guy i've got to take what i can get and right. now he's like fucking everybody is here i i don't even get to wrestle because this show isn't on but i signed it <laughs> That uh, Joey Ryan was the guy who said, I'm not going to the fucking dance. And <laughs> and then every single one of his friends was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go check out the dance. And he was like, well, I was the first one to say I wasn't going to the dance. So I guess I'm not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So what was, I know you, like, it seems like since you've been uh, working yourself, Mm-hmm. you've dropped off a little bit. Like what was the last product that you, I know you said you watched new Japan recently, but is there yeah. anything that you're like, I watch a lot of independent stuff. I use, um, I know it's independent wrestling.tv. Now it used to be Powerbomb TV. I think it's called independent wrestling.tv. Now I watch a lot of the stuff just around just so like, uh, again, so I'm familiar with the guys that I potentially could be sharing a ring with. So I know what their deals are versus what mine is. So I could be like, oh, I would mesh well with this guy or I would not mesh well with this guy. <laughs> um, so you're looking at like realistically next six months, exactly. I could be in a ring with this guy. Exactly. I need to know what his deal is. I need to be familiar with the crew I'm coming up with. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's important because if you, I mean, if you really look at wrestling, like you see that that's kind of what it is. It's groupings of dudes coming up together. It's not a single guy. I mean, I would, um, I would say that I would say that um, Hulk Hogan is the exception to that rule. That guy came up. He came up, and then he brought his friends. Whereas it's kind of more like, hey, let's bring in this whole crew of guys. Let's bring in this whole crew of guys because we know that they can have really good matches with each other. And so it's kind of like what I have to kind of watch that kind of stuff because I don't want to go in there. And number one, I don't want to make a fool of myself. (laughs) And I also don't want to disappoint the person that I'm working with because if you have a good match, that means that somebody else is willing to have a good match with you. So that's that's kind of more so what I watch now is, is I'm watching more independent stuff. So you, do you have that network? The ind- what is yes, that? Uh, independentwrestling.tv, I believe, is what it is. Okay, and what I know, like this is basically like kind of the new territories, right? Like with this, you're getting to see all of the local promotions from around the United States. Exactly. Is there one in particular, or a couple in particular, that you're like these are the ones that you need the local indies you need to be checking out? So I've been watching Bizarro Lucha. Obviously, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Um, I have. I've watched. Uh, um, Sup. Obviously, we 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 go to Sup. Um, um, 
I've which watched... there it's crazy. Which every show I go to, I feel like there's a new guy that I see that I'm just like, well, I could see in a few months. Like I picture this guy you, being elsewhere. You remember Stokely Hathaway? Yeah, he just signed a WWE. That's insane. He's at the per- performance center now. So I mean, it, we saw that guy less than two months ago. Yeah, or maybe two months ago at most. Um, freelance. I'm so sorry. I don't remember where freelance. No, freelance is out of Chicago. Oh, that's actually free- like okay, yeah, that's, that's like two blocks from Derek. Right. So I've watched some freelance, um, which our buddy Craig wrestles at. Right. Which I know he has a belt there, but he said that he won that belt at a promotion that died. So he said he feels like a man with no country, where he's like <laughs> he's defending a belt that has no home. He's Tom Hanks in the terminal. I was gonna say he's Tom Hanks in Castaway, and he's <laughs> no, talking to no, that belt like no, it's well. Tom Hanks in the terminal. <laughs> he's stuck in the terminal because he doesn't have a home country. And by that you mean he's collecting quarters to eat Burger King. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's returning carts. Love you, Craig. <laughs> Love you, Craig. But no, like this right now is it's crazy. I would have never expected the boom in like true independent wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like you can call PWG independent wrestling, but they've got enough money that they're bringing in. Right. Worldwide top talent. <laughs> right. Like right now we're seeing these amazing people start coming through the territories. Right. Yeah. P- yeah. Places like PWG. It's kind of like that. Um, this is, this is the stop off point before I go to WWE, possibly AEW, depending on how big and what they're doing is like, yeah, there's, People that have been signed to AEW that fucking shocked me that they're already to that point. Right. Uh, but I mean, some of them like, yeah, like, I guess if you're ready, you're ready. Yeah. I just hope that I'm glad that the wrestling business is doing so well. Not only because I'm you're in, in, it. <laughs> in it, but I'm also glad as, from a fan perspective, because if there isn't something I like, I can literally go anywhere and watch it. I can go to literally any other promotion and probably there's going to be something on that show. I like hundred percent. And that's with any promotion. I feel like I can find at least one thing I enjoy out of each one. And then if you tune in for that one thing, you're going to find that there's more things bringing you back over time. Right. Like, I mean, even guys now, like I've talked about this a bunch, but I fucking hated hangman page. <laughs> and right. now like I love him to death. I would, <laughs> I would carry his bags anywhere he asked me. Like, <laughs> right. And now he's got that full gear challenge thing going. That hashtag which full is gear challenge. awesome. Yeah, and like, that is really rad. <laughs> online, you're seeing all these people that are actually like losing right. weight for all in. I, you know, I I was trying. Uh, <laughs> which you still are. <laughs> speaking of, uh-huh. I'm gonna do this for Derek. Derek's had a bad day. You're here. Uh-huh. You are training to be a professional wrestler. Right. I am going to assume that you have chopped and have been chopped. Yes. Does it suck? It's not fun. <laughs> it doesn't feel fun. It doesn't feel fun ever. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and say this. I feel like I'm going to catch some flack for this, but I'm going to go with what I am. Uh, I know for a fact, if I were a pro wrestler, I'm a shirt on wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Kevin Owens, me and Earthquake, me and, <laughs> me and Typhoon, me, yeah, yeah. me and yeah, these I, guys. <laughs> it me, I'm that. Like, right. this, is, this is who I am. Would you be willing, I know I've earned several, <laughs> but tonight, would you be willing to christen me 
Will you, like like the side of a fucking boat with a <laughs> bottle of champagne. Will you crack that bottle across my chest? I would be 100% honored. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to keep the mics rolling for this. I am going to pass off a camera to my wife, and you are going to slap me in the fucking chest, sir. But first, I'm going to go to the bathroom because I've been drinking beers, and I know I'm going to piss myself when you slap me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> All right, so we are setting up. I am going to do the best to hold this microphone during this. And I'll be honest, I'm comfortable with letting you be the first one to chop me because I feel like you're not going to hit me in the throat on purpose. <laughs> and Lowell, I am talking to you when I say I'm not comfortable that you won't. <laughs> All right, um, like I said, I'm going to be a shirt on wrestler, but I am willing to remove the hoodie. Uh, my lovely wife Leah is going to going to film this. Do it sideways, you know. Like, what's the best view? Uh, I know. Oh, multi-angle. Okay, so I'm gonna where where should this be held? Like about. Let's see. Let me see where I can get you. Right there. Right there is where it is. Okay, and just just to be perfectly upfront, how much is this gonna suck for me? Oh, it's not gonna be fun. Like tomorrow, am I gonna have your hand on my chest? You possibly will. Fuck. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you up front. I don't do well with pain. And that's why I'm on this side of the microphone. I guess the real question is, is uh, how much do you think our friendship will be affected by this? I don't know. How or Is anyone friends with Randy Orton? <laughs> I, I mean, maybe his kids. His stepkids. His stepkids. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, rock hard right now. <laughs> I, f- <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's the beer or the adrenaline, but I feel fucking alive. Yeah. <laughs> well, Garrett, thank you so much for joining us this week on the show. I know Derek couldn't be here. I hope he enjoyed uh, getting the sound of my chest. Like, I can feel it that it hurts now. <laughs> hey, you are more than welcome. And hey, Derek, hope you feel better. All right, if you want to check us out on social media, we're at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter. We're at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram, at Wrestle Hangout on Facebook. Be sure to leave us those five-star reviews on iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe. We'll talk about whatever you want. I'm ready to get out of here. Garrett? Hey, you know what? This is your show. Hit my goddamn music. <laughs>